0: So Esther came up a whole lot at summer camp. Miss Tracy, um, you know, the, the Wednesday before summer camp when we had our prayer meeting, God had placed Esther on her heart. And so um, the story of Esther is something that kept coming up. But I want to focus tonight um, on what Esther did because in her story, there are a few things that are remarkable, right? First of all, when anyone else reads the story of Esther, can, do you see the VeggieTale movie playing in your mind? I do. That's how you know you're an OG church kid is when you read it and when it's talking about Mordecai, you're totally picturing Paul Grape because that's who played him in Veggie Tales. So the whole time that I've been reading this story, I just keep seeing the vegetables over and over in my mind. So anyways, I had to shut that down. But what I think is remarkable about the story of Esther is that there's really only one or two things that are remarkable. Her success wasn't found in these big miracles and big moments, but what I want to take a look at is what she did before those big moments and how she got there because really the story's kind of boring. It's fairly short. You know, it's it's if you want to read it go home and read the book of Esther. It's only 10 chapters. It's real short and it's just kind of like, huh? Like, I thought this story was more overwhelming, really, till I sat down and read it. But when I started to dig into it, I saw um, that she was such an example of living your everyday life in preparation for what God's going to use you for. And I believe that that especially applies when you're in middle school and high school because you may know that you feel, uh, you know, called to be a counselor or a teacher or a business person. But your average 12-year-old is not going to be a business person, Right. Any 11-year-old entrepreneurs in here? Sometimes they're on Shark Tank, my favorite show, but generally, generally, these things you feel called to do, at at least in part, are for your future. So the question is, what are you going to do between now and then? This time isn't made to be wasted, and this time isn't made to just be anxious and to be, you know, impatient and just like, oh, when is this going to happen? You know, God spoke this to me, but I feel like I'm really far away from it. How do I get there? That's what we're going to talk about tonight, because I believe with all my heart that God spoke some things to you guys at summer camp he may have spoken things to you about your life right now and decisions you may to need to make right now or he may have spoken to you about your future so we're going to talk about what to do with that um, but I do want to encourage you I'm just going to pull a couple quick verses out of Esther tonight as we move through this series there are going to be others who will give you the more full picture of the story but I'm going to summarize a lot tonight because the things I want to focus on are really at the beginning of the story so here's what happened there was a king. Kings back then were kind of, I don't know, they really weren't great. If you read the Old Testament, kings did a lot of bad things. They could kind of do whatever they wanted. So, anyways, in the veggie tale version of the story, the king hollers out to his queen, his wife, and says, Make me a sandwich. Do you guys remember that part? Yes. Well, in the Bible, He wanted her to come out to this party he was having and mingle with the folks. She said, no way, Jose, I don't want to do that. So instead of just being, like, irritated like a normal person or maybe being, like, grouchy about it for the night, he banished her and got rid of her. So she was gone. He kicked her out. And he basically started, like, a nationwide Bachelor, pretty much. It was the biggest episode of The Bachelor that you've ever seen. They went out. They got all these single gals, brought them to the palace. Don't you know Esther had to be grace for that? I was thinking about that. If you had to live with, like, 500, you know, 19-year-olds, can you imagine? No, not you guys. I could live with you guys. But I'm just saying, in general, 500 gals all under one roof having to live together for an extended period of time, you know it was, like, great reality TV. They were just grabbing their popcorn, sitting there watching what was going to happen next. It was Wild. I can't imagine. So Esther, who was an orphan, was adopted by her cousin Mordecai. And because she was single during this time, she got taken to the palace. So here's where we're going to come into the story. Everybody with me? All right. Let's look at Esther chapter 2. So one thing we see that Esther did in Esther chapter 2 verse 11, it says, Every day, Mordecai, that's her cousin, her adopted dad, would take a walk near the courtyard of the harem to find out about Esther and what was happening to her. So we're going to stop there. Basically, this just tells us every day Esther was checking in with Mordecai, right? This is her father figure. This is the guy who's raised her to know God and raised her to know what's right and raised her and told her that she's called and she's, you know, made to do great things. And he tells her, hey, Esther, maybe you were born for such a time as this. Esther was not one of the girls who was excited to go to the palace or excited to get to marry the king. But he said, hey, maybe God's trying to use you. You know, go. You got to. You got no choice. But go. Maybe this is what you were born for. so we see not only here but throughout the story Esther is checking in with Mordecai she checks in with him every day and as we follow the story he was the one that God was using to tell her what to do he would say talk to this person go into the king and say this when you go into the king maybe you should wear this when you are, are dealing with these people this is what you need to do so Mordecai was a a trusted spiritual figure in her life. And I think it's remarkable that she came to him every day to know what she needed to do. Every day for advice. Every day to hear the word of God for her. So the first thing I want to bring out about Esther tonight is that she knew how to listen and obey. Because you were not born knowing the things you need to know for your life. You don't have the answers, and that's intentional. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. I don't have the answer. And as we look at the story, if Esther had made her own decisions, or if she had done the right thing but at the wrong time, she probably would have been killed. We know what happened to the last queen, and that could have easily happened to her. But she came every day to Mordecai and said, What do I need to do? What should I do next? What's, you know, what's the word of God for this situation? What's going to save my people? So that's what I want to encourage you guys first about tonight is that you are not going to know what to do next unless you talk to the person who does. I believe that God spoke to every single one of you at summer camp, but, you know, many times God speaks in steps, right? One step at a time. I don't know the whole picture, but I know the next thing I need to do, so I'm going to do that, and then I'll get the next step, and then I'll get the next step. You know, when I'm using my Google Maps, I'm not one of those persons who goes through, like, every step to see where I'm going. I'm not going to remember it anyway. Also, I'm horrible at directions. Also, I don't even know where these roads are. I just let it tell me one step at a time. It says turn right here. I turn right here. It says go straight through the stoplight. I go straight through the stoplight here. Actually, if you went straight through a stoplight, you might get a ticket. Don't do it. But I take it one step at a time, and that's what our walk with God is like. You may know that you got some instruction from God at camp. You may have got part of the big picture, or you may have got the next step. But here's what I want to encourage you. Keep seeking God for that next step. Do what he tells you to do, and then go back to him, just like Esther did. Every day she was out at the gate. Every day she was out in the yard looking for Mordecai to tell her what to do. And that's how your relationship with God is designed to be. It's designed to be an everyday relationship where I say, okay, God, I know you have something for me to do today. I might not know what it is, so I'm going to ask you to show me. And when you show me, I'll obey. Because the best leaders are the best followers. So maybe you're called to lead. Maybe you're called to preach. Maybe you're called, just like I said, to be an entrepreneur. Maybe you're called... You know, just to be a teacher. It doesn't have to be anything amazing. Not just to be a teacher. Teachers are the real MVPs. But we're not all called to ministry, and we're not all called to have a microphone. Sometimes we just think, if I'm not called to be in a pulpit, well, then, you know, my calling is crap. Well, no, we need everybody. We need the garbage men. We need dog trainers. We need all these, like, bizarre things. So be what you're called to be, but realize I've got to get with God every day. To get my step, what do I need to do today, Father? What do you want to say to me, Father? What should I do next? Because if I do the right thing at the wrong time, I'll end up hurting myself or hurting others. I can know what I'm called to do, but if I'm not prepared and I step out prematurely and I take three steps instead of one step, chances are I'm going to trip and fall on my face and most likely in a public way. Now, God didn't do that to me, but I did it in my own foolishness. I didn't stop and say, okay, Father. How do I handle this? I know that I'm called to do this. But what do I need to do today? Because it's not all about what's in your future. It's about today. And every day that you're walking with God and every day that you're obeying him, those things build up to that thing that you think is so big. And if you skip all those steps, you'll find that you're not prepared for that thing when the time comes. So I think what's so amazing about Esther, she was the one inside the palace. So really it seems like she should have had the inside info. She knew the king more than uh, Mordecai, I was going to say Malachi. I've been calling him the wrong name all week, and I wrote it on my paper like five times so that I could look and remember it's Mordecai. But, you know, it seems like she would have had more information than Mordecai had, really. She was closer to the king. She was in the palace. She knew what was going on, but she knew that she needed his counsel. So just like she sought him for instruction and sought him to, to see what she should do, we need to seek God daily and let him speak to us. You know, she didn't try to figure things out on her own. Really, we don't even see her in the story, you know, working or scheming. You know, some people, they'll realize, you know, I'm called to do this And then they immediately try and network their way to that spot, you know. And you guys know those people are the worst. (laughs) So don't be that person. You know, God has a way for you to get there. And he has the perfect timing for you to get there. And it is so important. You know, I knew from a really small age that one day I was going to preach. I didn't know I was going to preach at the quarry or even at this church. I had no idea where. I had no idea when. But I never, ever, ever tried to get an opportunity to preach. What I did instead was say, okay, Father, how do I prepare for this? Like, where am I going to get practice public speaking? And he opened up a door for me to go to a detention center, which I've been doing for four or five years now, you know, going and, and preaching there and speaking to young people there. And that prepared me for this. If I had just tried to leap up here with a microphone six years ago, it would have been a train wreck. You guys remember how bad I was when I first started? And that was with some practice. So just imagine if I hadn't prepared and I hadn't listened to God and taken the opportunities he had given me, it would have been a disaster. You guys would have gotten nothing. I would have been embarrassed. It would have been horrible. You know, so don't try and scheme your way into the plan of God. He has a path for you to walk, and you need to step on Every stepping stone along the way because those things are preparing you for where you're headed. You know, like I said, you weren't made to figure things out. That's something that I had to learn. I'm a super, like, checklist person. Everything's black and white. How do I get here? How do I get there? How do I get this done? And that's not the way it works with God. So if you're like me, you just got to shut it off. And you got to say, you know, Father, thank you. Thank you for talking to me about what I'm called to do. Thank you for, for giving me this passion and giving me this calling but show me what to do today. I'm not going to try and get there by my talent because I have none. I'm not going to try and get there, you know, by my skills because I'm not good enough. But I know that if I obey you every day, you're going to lead me to where I need to be. And so I think that's something that's so valuable that Esther did every day. And, you know, getting that instruction is really the easy way to live. Putting pressure on yourself to figure things out is super stressful. Because you don't have the answers. You weren't made to have the answers. But the Holy Ghost on the inside of you has those answers. And when you learn to hear him, you'll find it's so easy. It's so easy to be told what to do, right? It's so easy to be told where to go. I don't have to worry that I'm going to the wrong place or that I'm doing the wrong thing. If God told me, then I know I'm making the right decision. So there's peace in seeking that instruction from God and seeking that leading from him. And the second thing I want to take a look at is in the very next verse, Esther chapter 2, verse 12. So again, she's in the palace and before each young woman was taken to the king's bed, she was given the prescribed treatment of 12 months of beauty treatment, six months of oils, of myrrh, followed by six months with special perfumes and ointments. Now, I've never paid attention to this verse before in my whole life. It sounds kind of weird. I feel like getting a massage every day would be nice for like four days and then I would feel like. Nah, I'm over it, but we can see that this lasted 12 months, so here's what I want to bring out about Esther, she got into the palace, and nothing happened, for a year, she did nothing but get massages, now, the Bible says that she was, she was meeting people, and the guy who was in charge of taking care of all these gals, he really liked her, and he gave her this team of ladies to do whatever she wanted. So God was giving her favor with people, but really on the surface, if you were to look, nothing was happening. She wasn't meeting the king. She wasn't meeting anyone, really, who mattered. God wasn't moving. She wasn't setting anyone free. It seemed like she got to the place that she needed to be, and then nothing happened happened. Here's why. It needed to be the right time. So that's what I want to encourage you guys next is to wait for the right time. She wasn't trying to make things happen. She had to learn to be patient. And even though she got there and she probably thought things were going to happen immediately, they didn't. And so sometimes we go through seasons where we're waiting and we're being patient and we're saying, "Okay, God, you promised me this. I've been preparing. I thought I was ready, and yet nothing's happening. I don't see anything. You know, things seem to be moving for other people, things seem to be happening in other people's lives. They're getting promotion. They're walking in things. Their life seems to be great. Nothing is happening in mine, but I want to encourage you guys tonight with the classic quote that preparation time is never, ever wasted time, and I'll tell you that I've been in situations in the last few years where I wish I had been more prepared. I wish I had prepared more a few years ago for some situations I found myself in because I wasn't able to help people the way that I Wanted to help them. Uh, you know, the situation didn't have the outcome that I wanted it to have. And when I looked back, I could recognize that it's because I hadn't properly prepared. So the time came. I was put in that situation. I was called to be there. God's grace was on me, yet I had failed to build myself up to a place to be able to walk in that easily. And so I want to encourage you guys use your preparation time. I don't care if it looks like nothing is happening in your life, I don't care if God seems to be moving in everyone else's life but not yours that's a lie don't believe it God is always speaking and always moving but this is your season of preparation if nothing is happening in your life take a big breath and thank the Lord for it because things are going to happen for the rest of your life so if things are quiet and things are settled right now get in your Bible learn this book as much as you can learn to pray as effectively as you can get better at praying in tongues if you can only pray for three minutes stretch it to five and if you can only do five stretch it to ten learn to prepare yourself and build yourself up because sometimes life kind of goes goes at an incline. You know, the older you get, the more intense things get. And that doesn't mean they have to be hard, but stuff around you will get crazier. The more responsibility that you get, the more you're responsible for a family and the more you're responsible for money and a job. And all these things build up in your life. And if you're not prepared, they can crush you and they can stress you out. You guys know people that are like that, right? Their first semester of college, they're like, it's so hard. Like, yeah, good luck. You have, like, 16 more of these to go, pal. Get with it. They didn't prepare, right? We know those people who hit things that shouldn't be hard, but they struggle with it. Don't let that be you. I've hit things before that shouldn't have been hard, but I struggled with it because back here when nothing was going on, I didn't prepare. I wasn't getting myself ready. I wasn't building myself and making myself as strong as I needed to be. So when I came to something I should have been easily able to overcome, it was really challenging. You know, Most of my life has been really easy and really good, and I was blessed with a great family, and and I haven't had to walk through very many things that are hard. When I was a teenager, I just had a lot of fun. I had a great time as a teenager. I had wonderful friends. We had a good old time. And I did not experience depression or anxiety until I was in college, my last two years of college. So I was pretty old. I was like 22. And I had never dealt with these things before. Lots of people deal with these things when – they're, you know, teenagers. Lots of people are dealing with them in middle school. You know, I wish that weren't true, but it is. And instead of spending my teenage years building myself up to where I could really deal with things, I skated along because life was easy. And I just thought, like, oh, you know I didn't I didn't really need a lot of help so I didn't really ask God for a lot of help which is dumb (laughs) but I thought I was okay you know and then my last few years of college all of a sudden this stuff hits me like a ton of bricks and I'm thinking like Oh, my God, I'm going to (laughs) die. You know, I'm so depressed. I'm so anxious. It sounds silly, but I had never experienced these things before. And when those things hit me and came to my life, instead of overcoming them easily like God designed me to, I let that stuff crush me for a minute because I had not prepared myself to deal with that. And I'm not telling you these things to scare you, but pressures come to all of us in life. It's part of life, you know. That's like my biggest lesson in life right now is to get over it. It doesn't matter how people are supposed to act and how they should act, and maybe that person shouldn't have said that to me, and maybe they shouldn't have treated me that way, but you know what? They did, and I need to decide that it doesn't matter. You know, I need to accept people where they're at, and... And take them at their face value. Maybe they're doing things they're not supposed to. It's okay, I'm just going to love them. You know, and that's life. Things are going to happen that are hard and things that are going to happen that you don't want. Things that are going to happen that are hurtful. But if you have prepared yourself well... You can skate through those things with joy and with peace, and it can be light and easy for you. So that's what I've had to learn, and I failed at those times in my life to prepare myself. So when the challenges came that I had never experienced before, it was really hard for me. And so now I can recognize, and now even though not a lot is going on in my life, I'm ready, and I'm prepared, and I'm building myself up, and I'm making myself strong so that it doesn't matter what comes down the road. It's not going to take me out. It's not going to knock me off my feet. It's not going to derail me for a minute. I'm going to be okay, and I can overcome that because I've used my time of preparation. So that's what we see with Esther. You know, she had to do something that was really scary, like I said. I picture the VeggieTales version of the movie, so it seems really lighthearted. But she really could have lost her life for what she did later in the story. She went in to talk to the king when he hadn't called for her. That was something that she could have easily been banished for and easily been killed for. And so she had to be prepared. She had to have strength. She had to have peace. But she also had to know how to deal with him and how to deal with that situation. And she knew those things because She went to her man of God and got her answers. She heard from the voice of God, and she had prepared herself during that time when nothing was happening. Those 12 months that she was there at the palace, and there was nothing going on but a bunch of massages, she was making herself strong. She was preparing herself for what she needed to do. She was getting ready because she knew she was called, and rather than step out when it was too early, she waited for the right time. So I just want to encourage you guys with that tonight. You know, whatever God spoke to you at camp, especially if he spoke to you something about your future, something that you're not going to see for a little while. Take this time of preparation. Realize there are steps for me every day. And if I want to get there, I can't do it on my own. I can't scheme my way there. I can't figure out how I'm going to make it. I shouldn't ask for opportunities. I shouldn't be looking for ways to get there. I should just ask God, God, what do I need to do today? What do I need to do today? Which way do I need to go today? Lead me in the steps that you have designed for me, and it'll take you right where you need to be. And when you get there, you'll find that you're prepared, and you'll find that things don't shake you, and you'll find that things that are hard for other people are easy for you because you've been prepared for them. So I just want to encourage you guys with that tonight. Like I said, I know that was out of my heart and it was a little messier than normal. But I want you guys to to really meditate on that because sometimes, you know, camp is so amazing all the time. You know, God's presence is so strong. And if you haven't felt his presence before, you know, you go to camp and, and it's great and it's exciting and you're crying and you're laughing. And then you come home and sometimes you feel nothing and you start to freak out and say, well, what happened? I, well, hang on, I can't what I can't hear God speak, I don't feel anything. Did I even get anything? What even happened? But listen to me, you can use this time of preparation. You can learn how to feel God every day, you can learn how to hear God's voice every day. Camp isn't meant to be a one time event, it's true that we have it once a year, but God wants that kind of power and His presence in your life every single day. And if you'll begin to seek Him, He'll manifest in those ways, and that's what keeps you from getting impatient and bored when nothing is happening. You know, sometimes we are in the habit of living for these moments that are great. Like, oh, in that moment I like I felt so anointed, and I was so great, and, and this happened, and I can't believe it, and everything felt so good. You know, what do I do when I wake up Monday morning and I don't feel any of that? I don't even feel like praying You know, how do you keep that excitement going? You're designed to have that passion and that fire and that excitement every day. Doing these boring things that Esther did, that's the key. That's the key. Learning, okay, this is a season of preparation. This is a season for me to learn to hear God's voice if I don't know how I'm going to learn to do that so that when I really, really need it two or three or four or five years down the road, it's going to be a piece of cake and it's going to be easy for me. So I just want to say to you guys tonight, I believe in you and, you know, don't be discouraged. If you've come home from camp and gone back into situations that are hard or you've come home to things that are different, you haven't lost anything And God moved in you at camp just like you felt that at camp. Choose to believe now that he is still working in you because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. I say that every day. It's working in me every day. I can be excited every day. doesn't matter if I wake up and feel excited. I'm going to get my camp notes out, and I'm going to get my Bible out, I'm going to go back to that scripture that stirs me up, and I'm going to keep that moving because if you do that, you'll find you're not going to fall back into that same hard stuff. Whatever you got pulled out of at camp – you're not meant to live in anymore. So keep moving forward. Keep pressing into things. Keep, you know, pressing in as a church family. Like I said earlier, I was so proud just of the unity you guys displayed. And to see you guys be there for each other and love each other was just so moving. So continue to do that for each other. Stir each other up. If you know somebody's having a hard time, go to them. You know, sometimes I understand it's really hard. I mean, I've been there before where you, you're you just tired. You're tired of dealing with people you're tired of helping people, you're tired of talking to people, you're tired of trying to pull other people up, but know that it is always, always worth it, and just like the love of God never gives up on us, don't let us get weary of helping each other, and of pulling each other along, you know, be there for each other, and stir each other up, because God is trying to move us into something that's new, and we felt that at camp, but it can go away in an instant, If we don't stay stirred up and we don't stay committed, it's on us. God is always wanting to move. God is always wanting to do something fresh, but he's put things in our hands. And when we do everything that we can do, he comes in and he does the things that we can't do. So I just want to encourage you guys with that tonight. I love you so much. I'm so proud of every single one of you tonight. And um, as we said at the beginning, just keep the Blaylock family in your prayers. You know We are a church family, so be family to them during that time. I don't care if you know them or you don't know them. Send them a card. Send them a text. You know, let them know that you're here for them. Things like that mean so much when you're walking through things that are challenging. So um, as we go tonight, I want to encourage you guys, um, like I said, to, to keep hanging out. Keep seeing each other. Keep being with each other. Keep doing life together. And in that vein, all the gentlemen, if you guys will head back to the fellowship hall after we're finished, we need to get some tables and chairs set up for tonight, um, for this weekend. So we'll get that taken care of tonight. But Father, we're so grateful. For this family that you've knit together, Father, we are truly grateful for each other, Father, and for this safe place that we have to come and hear from you and and hear how to know you better and stay in what you have for us, Father. We're so grateful for the way that you moved in us at summer camp, and we ask you, Father, to keep moving. We're committed to keep moving forward with what you've put in us, Father. We're committed to seek you every day, Father, to use this preparation time to, to get to know you better than ever before. So we, Father, thank you that as we seek you, you'll continue to speak to us in new ways. Ways, Father, and and guide us every day in the path that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen.